podcast that comes out every single Wednesday whether my favorite team loses in the Super Bowl or not folks patrons right off the bat let me apologize for not doing a a Patreon video this week it's been it's been I will make it up to you and I've been I've been talking to one of my associate producers Frankie and they had a good idea that we should do a low T in March and we will that's a promise I will do a low T to make up for my sins by not giving you all the content that you deserve. If you don't know what low T is, it's it's uh, honestly a, a medical affliction that I feel that I'm feeling right now. But it is also a thing that we do here on Blake's Takes for God's Sakes, where we do a, a Zoom hang. It's myself and the patrons. It's Patreon.com/slash Blake Wexler for a dollar a month. You can get benefits like a low T, or you can get videos that happen every single Friday, except for two recent Fridays. So. That's all on their little bonus takes, their mini video episodes that I put out for you guys, all right? So here is, uh, this is, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to all this. Now, if this episode is going to be me trying to process the Philadelphia Eagles losing the Super Bowl in the way that they lost it, and it's going to take... I'm going to be showing off some of the lessons I've learned in a therapeutic setting, <laughs> in therapy. And it's going to also, my lovely wife, Julia, wrote a great article for the Huffington Post, that old rag, uh, the, the the publication, not my wife. <laughs> I was calling the publication a rag. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's how I talked about my wife? Uh, you know, and my wife, that old sack of bricks. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. It's February 14th, the date that I'm... This is a big... This is a fucking week for me, okay? This is this is a W-E-A-K for me. Here's what's going on this week, all right? So, favorite football team lost Sunday. I... Today's Valentine's Day, which I constantly celebrate. I celebrate Valentine's Day every single day. And that's why my marriage is better than your relationship because the key to a healthy relationship, and I need you all to listen closely, is to treat every day like it's Valentine's Day. I'm positive a self-help person has said some shit like that and they've charged for it. What I just said to you, I am positive some just a blood sucker, just a a mud-sucking Spaniard has... Given that advice, you know, if you want to have a good relationship, treat every day like it's Valentine's Day. I'm positive that's been said by a self-help person. I'm positive they've made money off of it. And I'm positive that a bunch of idiots are like, wow, that is, treat every single day like it's Valentine's Day. That is insightful. And I think that might make my partner look me in the eyes again. 
Finn again, begin again. What is that from? Where, what, what, what part of my mind did that just come from? I believe it was a child show. Oh, boy. That needs to be. Oh, boy, Oberto. We're talking beef jerky. You want it turkey? <laughs> you want it beef? Ooh. That was my soul going down to hell. Just going down, and I picture this is I picture my soul. So here's how my soul looks: it's gray, okay. It's going down what looks like a in cartoons when something goes down an esophagus, you know, like like if uh, if someone gets swallowed by a whale, or if someone gets made into a mini like a microscopic person, which seems to happen in a ton of different movies. That is such a trope where someone gets miniature. That it's you don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So how can I expect you, huh? What are you a doctor? I'm in a weird mood, but but it's gonna get sweet. This podcast, and I don't I think I am on the verge of processing the Eagles losing in the Super Bowl. And here's the thing. If you this this will be entertaining either way. And 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 it is up to me who decides that. Not you, the person who I'm trying to entertain. It's up to me. Whether or not this is it'll be entertaining if you're a big sports fan because I think you'll relate to what I'm going through. And if you're not a sports fan and you're going to listen to what I'm going through, you're going to be either feel empathy or you're going to laugh because this is so not important in the scheme of things, right? Ohio is poisoning its own people. One of the worst natural disasters in history just happened in Turkey, Syria, and. And I'm bitching about what my my team, which got to this, was the best team in its conference and barely lost a Super Bowl. That should be something to be celebrated. I don't believe that. I don't believe what I just said at all. But anyway, I, I realize contextually that this does not matter. But I I'm a small minded person, okay. And we'll get to that in a minute. But first, folks, I am filming my. Debut stand-up comedy special in Cincinnati, Ohio, next week. All right, we have a one-week warning. Go Bananas Comedy Club, twenty-third to the twenty-six in Cincinnati. Seems like tickets are starting to move. Which I'm gonna be honest, I am concerned. I'm much less concerned now, but I was fairly too extremely concerned about. So, that's good news, right? Also this week, uh, my birthday is on Thursday. On my birthday, I am going to be doing, in terms of audience size, the biggest stand-up show I've ever done in my entire life. I'm going to be opening for Jack Whitehall, who is a comedian actor from Great Britain. The, the fact that, and, and it's not, not even decent Britain, he's from the great part of Britain. And he is performing in my hometown of Philadelphia at the Kimmel Center. And I get to open for him. And it's an audience of almost 2,000 people. And the biggest show I've done, I think, is around 800, 900. So I'm just opening. So it's not like I'm do- they're, they're all there to see. It's not like anyone, to be honest, is there to see me. Nobody knows that I'm doing it except my wife, my family, and you guys. But um doing that on my birthday thursday so i'll let you know how that fucking goes 
And then on Friday is Michael Jordan's birthday. So I'm taking the day off. And that's uh, It is Michael Jordan's birthday, but I'm not taking the day off. And then I fly to Cincinnati to film, to film the old special there. So this is a great second-to-last warm-up. Well, actually, it's probably not a good warm-up. You know that phrase, it's not, hold on. Let me give you two phrases. Can you handle two phrases at the same time? The first phrase, practice makes perfect. And then some sick son of a bitch goes, no, actually, perfect practice makes perfect. And that's just, I'm really giving you a whole bunch of gems today where I found to practice this special is... This, this is this is probably going to be way, way too inside baseball. And by that, I mean I'm about to give you some weird facts about Jimmy Rollins and Lou Gehrig. Not the disease. People always say, like, hey, you want to hear a fact about Lou Gehrig? And people are like, oh, God, no, let's keep it light. And I go, no, he was actually baseball's Iron Man. He played in the most consecutive games ever before Cal Ripton, uh, Ripton broke that record in the early 2000s. And then they just slowly pull down their pants and just show me their underwear. And it's always a very just bland panty. You know what I mean? They just show, it's just, it almost looks like there's no outline of anything. Do not worry. It's just a color. <laughs> the underwear I'm speaking about in this in this tale when I tell people that story about Cal Ripken and Lou Gehrig, when they just slowly pull down their pants at me, I guess to just put me in a position that I put them in, which is one of just fragility, vulnerability, and almost, it's almost like a shove it's almost like I shove them with my fact, and then they're shoving me back by lowering their pants. And it's not sexual. It's actually concerning. Which I guess those two things aren't mutually exclusive. But they pull down their pants, and they're wearing a black underwear that is so black that you there's nothing there. Like, there is legitimately, there's no outline of anything. There's no, it just looks like an abyss. A piss abyss and a piss my wife just walked in while i was doing while i was talking about that and that's the person who's supposed to live live to help her live a happy life (laughs) that's that's what she's dealing with on a daily basis that every once in a while she walks by the office and just hears her husband talking about someone's panties looking like an abyss and she has to wonder herself i wonder if blake can ever achieve achieve I wonder if Blake could ever achieve mainstream success. We'll be right back. You're listening to 85.9, The Tiger. So, I don't know how the hell I got on that subject, but perfect practice makes perfect where when you're practicing for a special like this, stand-up comedy is incredible. Is to me a very dynamic and... I can't think of the word. I'm too blessed to be stressed anymore. You know what? That does actually make me feel better about about the Eagles thing is that I think I just – if you're upset about the Eagles losing, if you're listening to this, if you're upset about anything in your life, the, the loss of a loved one, the uh, situation going on at American Apparel – I don't. by the way, I don't know if there is a situation going on at American Apparel. I imagine there is some sort of horrible situation going on there. 
just look yourself in the mirror or or even better write it down and say I'm say actually get a post-it note. I know they I know I'm asking you to spend money, but I promise it's worth it. Get a post-it note, write down too blessed to be stressed, okay? It's now this is very very important. If you already started doing this, luckily generally when you buy post-it notes, it's you get multiple of them. They don't just just give you one. At, at least that last time I checked Jeff Bezos. Two best We'll do it again. Too blessed to be stressed. The number two instead of T-O. Blessed. Then we're going to bring that number two from earlier back. B-E stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. I want you to take that post-it note and I want you to cock your arm back and I want you to fucking slam it as hard as you can on your mirror. All right? I want you to throw I want I want you to throw that post-it note into your fucking mirror and look at that whenever you're feeling upset. And I guarantee you you'll never feel better in your life when you're looking at that too blessed to be stressed post-it note. That was me just slapping my leg with a with a baseball bat actually and I didn't even feel it. I don't feel much nowadays everybody. <laughs> so when I'm practicing the stand-up special, the the practice perfect practice makes perfect is to get the closest result to what my shows would be like I should be practicing it in a room of you know either a hundred to I mean that room holds 250 and trust me there are not gonna be 250 people coming out to see me but in for fucking six shows are you kidding there's going to be so you want to practice it in a room that is similar to the room that you're going to be doing the special in because your timing is different. So if I do a show in a room that only holds, say, like 30, 40 people and it's packed, my timing is going to be very different than doing a show in a room that holds 200 because you need to wait longer for them to laugh. And you also need, I'm told, in, in bigger rooms. So this is a, actually, I'm going to call some of my bigger comedian friends and I'm going to record it and put it on this podcast without telling them I am so I'm told that with bigger rooms you need to work slower and you need to deliver your material in a more deliberate and measured way because it takes audibly it takes the sound longer to reach the crowd and the and, and this even like milliseconds makes a difference with this shit. It takes longer for your voice to hit the crowd and then for their laughter or reaction to come back and hit you at the stage. So even in a small audience, you know, the more people you have, they're laughing at different times. Their laughter drowns out slower. It's the same thing with or the inverse of that is a smaller room where even if you're killing, the audience is gonna take the, the laughter is just going to die down quicker. So that is why I was saying, oh, I don't think that this show, even if it goes great, is great practice for my show in in Cincinnati or my shows in Cincinnati because it's just such a different beast, right? It would be like, oh, okay, I can – I'm going to take batting practice at the – at the little field over there when, when my dad is putting the balls in the pitching machine and I'm just hitting versus, okay, I'm going to go up and bat 
in a sold out state in a sold out Yankee stadium in game seven with the game on the line that that practice that you're doing in that little cage yes it helps with your mechanics you're still swinging a bat I'm still telling jokes but it doesn't help with the outside factors that affect nerves and you know the rest of the the pressure and all that shit so my favorite football what what do you want what what do you what do you want what is is it money is that what you want for me we're going to get into it, all right? I'm going to talk about the Super Bowl. I'm going to talk about my feelings. I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about all that shit, and I'm going to do it right now, okay? You're listening to Blake's Takes, for God's sakes. It's a podcast that comes out every single Wednesday. We will be right back. Blake is really funny. Blake is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Blake, Blake, Blake. We're back. So, why... Do, why? Let me just start this off, and I, I'm probably repeating myself. Thanks, sports fan, to you, and sports fandom to you. And I said this in this article where so just search uh, Julia Reese sports fan crying Huffington Post, and you'll be able to find this article. So I love sports so much, and the thing that I think often gets people hung up who aren't sports fans like why do you like this so much is the fact that i think often they think oh they you just love this game so much but in t- with sports it, the game itself is actually i i think by far the least interesting part about it and the the interesting part to me is is hu- is humanity and people and the narrative surrounding a team and their journey and how the people, the players within that team, and it's not just players, it's coaches, it's the the, the owner sometimes. Generally, the owner of a football team isn't something you really cheer for, <laughs> you know, because generally it's like, oh, this person, his fa- he inherited the team from his father and his father murdered 80 union workers when they refused to you know like uh, at a power plant so it's not generally so let's back even though i the owner of the philadelphia eagles jeffrey lurie is i think an incredible human being and as far as billionaires go a fantastic person or even a fantastic person is uh outside of billionaires the guy built up the the eagles autism foundation he's politically and progressively on the right side of things so he is actually a rare case of a of an NFL owner that it's he's actually easy to cheer for and is a is a good human being but so for me it's it's not the actual ball flying through the air and being caught it's let's get to know i spend a lot of time getting to know the players and there's guys on this team on the eagles like a man named Jason Kelsey who has become a major constant in my life as a fan where back in 2018 after the Eagles won the Super Bowl you you saw him wearing like this weird mummers out outfit and if you if you don't know what that means he looked like a green leprechaun sultan I think is really the only way a 300 pound leprechaun sultan and delivered one of the most incredible speeches I've ever seen. And it's learning him, learning how funny he is, learning how charitable he is, and seeing his friendship. There's few things that get me more emotional than 
friend than watching friendships come together and watching people be there for one another and also watching them support each other the yeah, there's a few things i find i mean like it's and it's the same thing with like relationships too like romantic relationships where whenever i see an old couple holding hands on the street like i picture my wife and i and i get very emotional um where the idea of someone knowing each other for so long because it's really hard to fucking be friends with someone for a long time and it's you know what i think i'm actually getting to the bottom of my emotional feelings right now this is going to be a very vulnerable uh fucking segment so so why don't you just so make yourself a hot dog and eat it (laughs) slowly while i'm talking (laughs) it's like blake that doesn't help sure it does so i think friendships and relationships long ones always get me really emotional and I have a lot of friendships. I'm very fortunate in that way to have a lot of friendships in my life that I hold on to dearly and have held on to dearly for for decades. And they those include my best friends that I grew up with at home. It includes my best college friends and even my stand-up friends from not even and also my stand-up friends because I think what happens is that what makes these relationships special is knowing what you've gone through together and that doesn't necessarily mean trauma I I think when people say oh oh, we've been through so much together it's it's kind of vague and amorphous so what I mean by that is with friends it's a shared existence where life throws all these fucking curveballs and all these challenges at you. And it can be anything from a serious challenge like, you know, a, like the death of a loved one. It could be financial challenges. It could be physical issues. Or it could just be, God, is there going to be another recession? <laughs> you know, like it's it's these things. So... To have gone through, to I think, a shared existence that has persevered through highs and lows is an incredibly special thing. Because you see relationships, friendships, not continue through just time. Where you just drift apart from people. And it's not anybody's fault. And it doesn't necessarily have to mean that something terrible or bad happened. It's just that it's tough just people fucking change. Oh, you had kids. I didn't have kids. I guess we don't have that in common. That's okay. We just won't hang out anymore. Or, oh, you don't like this anymore. Or just people change. You know, like, oh, you w- would rather hang out with this sort of person than than me. Or I would rather do this than the things that you do. It's it. That's okay. We'll just live separate lives. And I think it's special to as long as you're evolving and you're still becoming a positive helpful member of society i think it's really cool that like continue to have things in common and continue to hang out where jesus christ i mean i'm only well at the moment of this recording i'm only 33 but uh next week god i'm gonna be a fucking old bastard by the time you listen to me next week however it's sports is a major benchmark and it's an easy thing to reference um 
when considering the the progression of a friendship or so the reason why i'm into sports so much is it's how it's not just a sport or a team it's the memories of how i've experienced this team with the people that i love where if i was just watching football games and i didn't know who any of the players were as human beings and i wasn't watching them with my friends and texting my friends about them i i wouldn't like it like there's nothing to like so for me the issue so it's not the issue but it's so for instance with my core group of friends we've been watching these games together for over 25 like let's see 2000 what is it now yeah it's like 20 like over two decades and we've seen this team the philadelphia eagles suck a lot we've seen them be very very good a lot but never be able to win the major thing saw them win the major thing once in 2018 and it's a it's something that has filled me up in life in a way that i can't fully comprehend like other than my marriage it's i i truly because of the totality of i knew how many people that super bowl win made happy and i was able to experience that unique happiness with all these people that i love was it's a way i can't think of really many things that a shared moment or happiness can do to lift up a friend group like you have one of your friends gets married cuz i'm trying to think of other happy moments but but that's really more of a moment between them and their spouse more than a moment between them and their friends obviously so obviously you all get to party and celebrate but what are what are the things in life that you that, that are purely friend celebration based and I think it, it like maybe you get a new job, but not everybody gets that new job. You see like the entourage of a famous person where it's like, oh, we're all going to get these cool things now. You know, it's it's team based stuff and your friends and everything. You're almost like a team cheering for, I guess, this team. But you so that's why. So I was very emotional. I was emotional. I've been very fuck. I've just been in a weird fucking mood, and I'm recording this on Tuesday. The Eagles lost late Sunday night, and there's something that has really helped me that I've learned. Where when you're having this is generally for anxiety, but I think it's also helpful to is write down your thing to do because I it's work. I don't like writing things down. I like talking. I really like talking. I love talking. I can't stop fucking talking. But I don't like writing things down. And to write these things down, it sucks. But just do it. Write them down if you're having like a bunch of thoughts. And this could be the, uh, like anything complicated about, oh, like I'm anxious about getting a new job. Or I'm anxious about, you know, some sort of situation. I'm anxious about what someone said to me. I'm anxious about what I said to someone. Write down your thoughts and feelings because... That's when you can actually make sense of them and move on and actually have some sort of and create some sort of action based on that. Because with the Eagles Super Bowl, I here here are my feelings right afterwards. I was like, 
I remembered in 2018 how happy I was when the Eagles won. And I was, I cried, I sobbed. Because I thought about, oh my God, I'm picturing my friend Mike and I'm picturing my friend Jeff and Chris and Kevin and, you know, like all my like close, my friend, I was there with my friend Tony and PJ and my my now wife, my parents that knew how like happy it would make me. And I thought of all that in that moment when the Eagles won and I just fucking lost it. And on Sunday night, I was like, oh my God that is that happiness is about to it looks like that happiness is going to happen again and i think when it didn't my thought was fuck we, we i was so close to getting that feeling back rather than and and it just didn't happen so i was i was upset where i'm like fuck i just ate a, a massive source of happiness where the 2018 Eagles Super Bowl win was something that I think about almost every single day. And it's something that I remember how happy it made me and all, like how much happiness it will permanently bring to so many people that I love. And I just, I almost every single day, I think about how fortunate we are to have experienced that together. Because again, like I kind of clumsily said earlier, those experiences are incredibly rare. And I thought on Sunday night, wow, we were so close to getting that experience again and we were robbed of it or not not actually robbed of it but like the Eagles didn't get it the Kansas City Chiefs won so I think I was very overwhelmed of of having that feeling of fuck we were so close to a happiness and now we don't get that happiness so now we have now we have instead of a happiness we have a wound instead an emotional wound and my, my, my thoughts that I finally am beginning to sort through is that some of this is probably going to sound corny, but it's not there, – there's that obviously a, a very – like that cliche of like it's, it's, it's the journey, not the destination. And whenever I hear a cliche, I, I like to think that I'm smarter than any cliche and that I, I don't think cliches – apply to me or my genius brain but that is so rather than just going into this huge thing I'm about to go into I could just say it's the journey not the destination but I'm verbose so I'm going to go into it where I look back on the season and I just so you all know a little bit of background is that this is probably excruciating for non-sports fans but I, it shouldn't be. This is an emotional story. This is humanity. This is womanity. I, I, I don't know why I said that. But so, no idea what I was about to say. <laughs> so, I, oh, I do know. Philadelphia sports teams have won three cha- four I guess four ish championships since I've been alive. The Phillies won in two thousand eight. I was in college in Boston for that. I came back for the parade. It was awesome. In two thousand eighteen, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. I flew back to Philadelphia for that parade, but it was not there when they won. 
and then Villanova won in 2016, but that's not as big of a and 2018, I believe, but that's not as big of a deal to me. So I've never I identify so much with this city of Philadelphia because it has had such a it's it's where I started doing stand up. It's where I was born. It's where I've kind of learned to become a grown up. My wife's from here. It's where I got married. It's where I'm living right now at the moment. And I've and it matters to me this for this city to do well. And I've never lived here during runs before sports teams runs. And in I've been here for two literally this year where the Phillies made the World Series, ended up losing, Jesus Christ. And the Eagles ended up making the Super Bowl, ended up losing, Jesus Christ. But the energy and how much sports mean to people here, it's really cool being around people who are happy. And that sounds obviously like a very simple thought, but it's been very cool. It's even better to be around people who are happy and you're happy about the same exact thing at the same exact time. And to be in L.A. the two weeks before the Super Bowl in 2018, I was thrilled, but you're not surrounded by that happiness constantly because, oh, I just passed a guy in traffic who's from Chicago. There's a person from Louisville. Up oh, there, who's that lady? She's from Tampa or whatever. It's not like you – in Philadelphia, when a Philadelphia sports team's doing well, you can look at any person and they're all wearing a Philadelphia sporting you know, piece of, piece of apparel – Everybody with the Eagles, someone looks at you and goes, go birds, and you say, go birds back. It's like a greeting, and it's almost this feeling of community, which in this article that Julia wrote, that was a big thing. That's why people cry and get emotional because it's a, it, it's contagious in the community, and to be a part of a community, you get protective of that community, and the biggest thing that I think I've learned so far is that just because the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl doesn't mean that all those happiness, all the happiness and all those good feelings leading up to the Super Bowl are invalid. And it doesn't render them useless. And I think that it is an incredibly rare thing to have these mass moments of happiness and to be in the in this place surrounded by people sharing in that happiness and I was able to do that in a way where I have the perspective of I haven't been able to be surrounded by that or been dipped and you know steeped in that happiness before because my career has taken me to other places so to be able to see throughout the past what is it like four five six months of the of the football season to be here and watch people celebrate after each win and to go to these games to sing the songs to high five people to you know bring my wife god bless her into this shit and take her to the games with me and and be able to hug like like and just you know and she's a see how fucking supportive she is for this weird addiction that I have that she would never go and buy herself tickets to go to an Eagles game but she knows I love it so she does it and 
to be able to work with the team, host a podcast for them, and also to be able to go to the NFC Championship game and fucking hug one of my closest friends, Tony, along the way, and to, to go into that game and celebrate and eat and hug and like go on Broad Street and celebrate with tens of thousands of Philadelphians after the Eagles like won the NFC Championship game and got to the Super Bowl. Just because that didn't happen again doesn't mean that those moments, those moments of bliss and happiness that I've had throughout the year doesn't mean that those never happened. And it doesn't mean that those should be thrown away because those moments should be, in life in general, these moments of happiness that you share with others need to be treasured. And to to not treasure those just because the last game didn't go the way that you want it to is is malpractice. It's horrible. And it's, it's inexcusable. So I, I think that's a thing where you know, I'm, I'm like in the fucking stages of grief right now. But at first, I was like, "Did we really lose the Super Bowl?" And now it's I'm in, I'm in acceptance. I'm sure there's some other stages that I'll, I'll come across at some point. Is is shaving my head a stage? Is that one? Because I think I'm gonna do that tonight. No, but you do. I think whenever something doesn't end the way that you want, or whenever you lose something or something. Uh, maybe even someone to just because that's the there's finality in that doesn't mean that those those positive things that happened before that uh disappear or that oh actually those are now negative memories that's not true they're still incredibly positive so i'm ju- i'm trying to hold on to those and think about all the positivity and also this is kind of so i i 100% believe in everything i just said and I think this next part might be a little silly and might be less factual, but I, I believe in this too, is that to, to constantly experience bliss and happiness means that you it's very hard to continue to appreciate it. And by the way, I would much rather have won the Super Bowl on Sunday night and figured out how to have perspective in a different way, but here we are. So to have the perspective of this is what this is what it felt like in 2018, this is what it feels like now, I think to win the Super Bowl adds and into like experience that pure bliss and happiness that adds fulfillment to your life. It helps it helps you have a fulfilling life. I think losses, crazy losses like the one that they had on Sunday and these stressful or the, these these road bumps add it, it makes your it keeps your life interesting. Where I've cheered for teams that, you know, I'm a big soccer fan. I cheer for Liverpool. And there were years where, like, they just wouldn't lose. They were so good. And that honestly kind of stopped being fun because it was unfamiliar. You you cheer for the uncertainty. That's why sports are so cool. You just don't know what the fuck is going to happen. And I think once there's certainty, that's when things kind of stop being special. 
and, and what I'm saying, I think you can apply it. It's not obviously just doesn't apply to sports. I think you can apply that to a lot of parts of your life. So I, that's how I'm, I'm processing it is that just because the Eagles didn't win doesn't make the 8 billion positive once in a lifetime experiences less valid and it doesn't make them not special. And I think also to have things not go the way that you want them to go. I don't want to say it builds character because that's another cliche, but I think it does ultimately make your life more interesting and makes you more prepared for situations like that going forward because that's that's just what the fuck happens and it's how you deal with it. So amazing grace how smooth <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know i don't know the lyrics but anyway our father who art in heaven how will be that name that king of the thank you so much for listening to that i hope i hope that was interesting i hope at the very least you were like oh wow i listened to a man um have a nervous breakdown today you can go home and say your your, your partners can say hey how was your day and you can say well uh, you know, I went to work and had a good lunch. It was a ch- chicken sandwich, avocado, bacon, Swiss. Actually, toasted bread was delicious. And got a size, side of chips. Didn't want to fully commit to fries. Didn't want a fucking salad. So I got chips, and I'm, I'm glad I went chips. They were nice kettle-cooked, crisp chip, not not greasy at all. Just the right amount of salt. And on my way home, I listened to, you remember stand-up comedian Blake Wexler? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's still doing it. He had a nervous breakdown for 40 minutes on on his podcast, and it was it, it was it was interesting. I think he's going to be okay. I think we're all going to be okay. I'm blue, blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> all right, twinkle twinkle little star, everybody. This has been Blake's Sakes, for God's sakes. Thank you so much for listening, patrons. I will talk to you on Friday, and I'm going to for March. I'm going to put out a uh, we'll do a special hello at some point for the patrons. All right, I'm going to start looking at dates, and I can pass those on to you asap. I love you all very much. Thank you so much for listening. Go birds. Blake, Blake Wessler. Blake, 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 Blake,